Hello and welcome back to In the Clock Ends pre-match pint Bournemouth away edition. You're joined by myself, Kelvin, and as ever, our usual host of the post-match podcast. That's Steve. Steve, how you doing, buddy? Good evening. I'm all right, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. A bit cooler, which is uh, nice. A bit cooler. Still a bit muggy, mild. though. M- mild, it is, yeah. It mild. is muggy. I walked. I went to town today. Oh, yeah. Stupidly wore a football shirt because it's sticky. They're sticky, aren't they? You know, I got home and I was like, yeah, bad decision. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> let's be honest. I think any sort of attire that you... any. <laughs> And insight to Steve's attire wearing football getting sticky. Lovely. That's a, that's a wonderful picture. An insight into my first day. Yeah. But I mean, I think the weather's just one of them in the minute. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, look, actually, we love talking about the weather. We say this every week and it's only a matter of time before the weather channel. Get in touch with us and start sponsoring the podcast, I feel, to be perfect. In the clouds, we could call it. In the clouds, in the cloud end. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, also, I'm pleased to welcome back... Um, uh, James, who joins us again. Uh, James, good evening to you. Evening, gents. Good seeing you both for the weekend. And thank you very much for having me back on the podcast. I do enjoy your weather-related chats. Um, oh, we all do. But, well, actually, just, just before we start, I um, I don't think I really have much choice with uh, being on the podcast this week after you um, called me out at the end of the last episode. Something about me being too busy flossing my teeth or something like that. <laughs> That was all Steve, nothing to do with me. I don't think it was me, actually. Um, I feel like we had to edit that. Originally, uh, Calvin made a really nasty remark about hopefully James's girlfriend will will untie him for the podcast on Thursday. And I I had to edit that out. Wow. That's, uh, I mean, look, a bit of tomfoolery going on there. And I can smell something even through the fucking lens here. And that's bullshit. Uh, But there we go. We're back. it's great to have you back, James. It's great to to you know to have all three of us on the podcast. It's been a while. I think the last one we actually did with you, you were sunning yourself in Mallorca, and I've obviously subsequently come to find out that you only really did that podcast to escape babysitting duties. Is that correct? Oh, I can neither confirm nor deny those reports. But um, as my missus will probably listen back to this at some point, but be careful. I, yeah, need to be careful there. But you know. <laughs> I was actually thinking after the weekend, so obviously seeing you both at Leicester, that wasn't there a quiz for the last podcast that I was on? And I think you owed me a pint for winning the quiz there, Kelvin, but I did, did I? not receive yeah. that at the, wow. uh, the Emirates. Well, I mean, to be fair, one, I'm a bloke and I forget pretty much everything I'm told. My missus will definitely uh, back me on that particular statement because, yeah, we spoke about this before. But look, if you would have reminded me, I'd have happily bought you a pint. That's you know. poor, but that's it is poor. poor I'll, hold my, I'll hold my hands up. I completely forgot about it. Forgot about the quiz. Forgot about everything, to be honest. Because again, next time, holiday. next time, next time, Spurs at home. Oh, yeah, you're on holiday. Uh, he, was, <laughs> he, was, he was too busy showing off his new socks. He, he won't leave it with the socks. Mad. Absolutely mad. Steve, you wear some <laughs> questionable things as well, but I just, you know, I, I, I let you away with it. I don't say it. Fashion is pain, my friend. Uh, it is when I look at some of yours, yes. Uh, but look, leave my socks alone. They're beautiful. I love them. I bought three pairs of them. Just, just live with it. Crack on. I I've got some pink. They sold you those. I've got some pink ones, mate. You wait till you see them. Damn it. Match, match the third kit. You know what I mean. You gotta be yeah. coordinated. Yeah. But anyway, let's dig into it. Obviously, we're doing the pre-match pint Bournemouth away edition, um, which is obviously this Saturday, the twentieth of August at half past five. Um. Obviously, look, one of the things I always do is we, we send you over a little bit of uh, 
prep uh, and that's to look back at some of the previous games. Um, obviously, there were none last year because Bournemouth was shit the season before and got relegated. Um, but before that, obviously, it was the 2021 season, which when you look back at it, was a bit weird, wasn't it, really, to say the least. Um, but there were two games that we actually had with crowds, I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Or was it actually, did we not have crowds all of that season? We didn't, did we? No, we had crowds for the first half of that season. And then I'm sure it was second half of the season that we lost the crowds yeah. again. Yeah. Arteta's first game in charge was at yeah. uh, Bournemouth. And it was... Uh, FA Cup. Oh, when did he take over? Just, just before Christmas, was it? Mm. Yeah, it was December. That's COVID, time, the COVID, well, the season ended um, for the lockdown around, was it March? 20 February, March time? Yeah, it would have been March time so, for sure. The yeah, one thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they were both in front of crowds. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I actually think you're right. They were looking back at it, very tight games, which seems to be other than the odd one that's thrown in there. Obviously, look, Bournemouth. There's not a lot of history between the two clubs because Bournemouth, you know, were a low league team for quite for quite some time. Um, so you know, there's not you know a massive amount of games there. I think we've only played them uh, in the league um, or in total eleven times, uh, which isn't a lot, uh, and so there's not a lot to look back on against Bournemouth, but. A lot of tight games, even in that season, you know, we beat them 1-0 at home uh, and then it was a 1-1 draw away. We did beat them in the cup, obviously, um, which and I think was the, the league game was Arteta's first game, though, wasn't it? Wasn't it a one-all draw? Because we even discussed that recently, didn't we? Correct. Steve, Steve. Yes, that was, his, that was Arteta's first game in charge. Yeah, because we, we took confirm. a look. Yeah, we took a look back at that starting 11, didn't we? Uh, compared to what we had, uh, I think, going into the, the opening game of the season this season. And it's night and day, to say the least. But yeah, so we've, you know, nine wins, two draws, one loss. Um, so not not the worst record. So with that in mind, is there anything that, you know, James, I'll, I'll swing it over to you on this one. Is, is there anything that's kind of sprung to mind from those very few games to pick from? Um, any notable memories for you? Last time we played them at home, um, I happened to be there. It was one of Unai Emery's um, not final games in charge, but he was, you know, there was rumblings at that point. Um, mm. I remember a David Luiz header was the winning goal on that day. And I was in the clock end that day. So I had a lovely goal view Arsenal. of that yeah. first goal for Arsenal, Pepe corner. God, wow. how far we've come, how far we've I know. come. I know. But no, other than that, not a great deal to talk about with those games. I did mm. have a, a look through the archives at a few other games that we've had against them over the years. And probably the one thing that stood out more than anything else was a, a beautiful volley by Meza Ozil. We were playing away in that gold oh, yeah. away kit we had, so the Puma one, yeah. the weird kind of diamond design. And um, it's one of these volleys where he's cracked it in off the bar. And I do love a, a volley that cracks in off the bar. So, um, yeah, that was probably my, my favourite memory of Bournemouth. But no, like you yeah. say, not really a lot to go on. Yeah, I have to admit though, any any goal off the woodwork, just you know, when you get that ping, that, that little noise, and then the, the nestle in the back of the net, yeah, it's just something extra, isn't it? But uh, Steve, what about you? Any anything that springs to mind? Well, it's not a wealth of no. games to go on, as James said. Um, I guess one of the more memorable games for me would be like October ninety, no, nineteen eighty seven. We beat them three 0 in the League Cup. Mm. That was quite a good game. Um, I bet you enjoyed that, yeah. Yeah, I was minus four <laughs> at the time <laughs> in the North Bank. Uh, no, not a lot to say, really. It, jokes aside, I feel like 
Bournemouth for a team like who sort of uh, it takes you back when you think of certain clubs or certain things in life. It takes you back to a certain time period, mm. right? And it can't how it, it it just reminds me of you and Emery and those late yeah. late years. It just yeah. that it that's that sort of club. It just reminds me of the dark times. Um, that's bleak, and, but also yeah. accurate. Yeah, it is. It's, Honesty it's is like... the best policy, right? No, no, no bullshit here. No, no bullshit here. Only earlier, apparently. Um, but no, it's one of those in it where it's just. Yeah, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from because you know it's like until you know recently, you know, Nottingham Forest for me always felt like you know, I revert back to those '90s early Premier League years, and obviously they just disappeared for for years and years until they're back this year. So I can understand where you mean, like you associate Bournemouth with. Yeah, dark days. It was, you know, towards that divisive Wenger era. You had to be in or out. Um, and then obviously the Unai Emery time where nobody really knew what the fuck was going on most of the time, to be honest. And, you know, that's that's not great, is it? But I don't think there's too much else to cover um, from previous games. I mean, goals-wise, there's not nothing to, to hark on, you know, to hark, uh, hark home about. I mean, there was, like you said, there's a good goal from, from Ozil. I actually remember, I think it was the same game, actually, James, where... Chamberlain scored a really good goal in that in that game as well. Um, after a good, nice flowing move, which were few and far between back then, but current form going into it as well. Look, two games in, obviously Arsenal back to back wins as we know. Uh, Bournemouth had a, a reasonable start, I think. Um, you know, they won their first game and then they lost the last one, which was against City. So I think they can be excused that, to be perfectly honest with you. But going into it, Steve, I'm going to throw this over to you first. Um, and I'd like to go into this in a little bit more detail because I think there's a little bit more conversation to have around it. But when we look at the lineup for for Saturday evening, what what are you what are you thinking? Do you think there will be any changes, or do you think we're going to stay as we are? Um, to be honest, I think we'll go three out of three, stay as we are. Mm. Mm. I can't really see him potentially if Tommy Asu's fit. He might bring Tommy Asu back in at right back. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think I think we'll go strong again. Same team. I can't see any reason why you wouldn't, right? Mm. You want to keep that mm. momentum going. Um, I think you know, uh, sort of. You know, I don't want to jump the gun, but I think it's going to be a difficult game. It all yeah. sounds like a bit of a cup tie against Bournemouth because you go to that little ground, very compact, close to the Tiny. pitch. Yeah, it always feels like you know an FA Cup third round type of game where um, you never you never really know what to expect, right? Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean with that because the ground is, I think it is the smallest in the Premier League, isn't it? And it always seems to be the case when they come up. It is tiny, to say the least. But what about you, James? Um, any any thoughts on the lineup? And would, do you think we'll see any changes or are we going to stick as we are? I think you don't want to win a, sorry, you don't want to change a winning team in general. Mm. So I think, you know, as long as there isn't any injury worries, I would expect to see the same lineup that we've had in the two previous games. I know Ben White came off in the last game against Leicester and there was questions mm. as whether he, whether he did pick up a knock. So whether that means that Tommy Asu is fit enough to start, who knows? But I think mm. you might potentially see a few changes on the bench. Um, Swansea yeah. played Arsenal with the under-21s last night and um, mm. Smith Rowe and Fabio Vieira both plays a part in that game, probably just working their way back to fitness. So you never know, mm. we might get our first glimpse of Fabio Vieira off the bench and Obviously, that would be nice to see what he's all about. But no, in general, I think, you know, like I say, you don't change a winning team. But for me, the most interesting thing I'm looking at is the battle between William Saliba and Kiefer Moore. So I'm not sure how aware you guys are of 
this chap who born with his signs. So I lived in Cardiff for a bit and he was one of the strikers down in Cardiff. He's mm. very physical, kind of old school kind of uh, striker. And um, you would have seen the first weekends of the Premier League, he um, got up well against Aston Villa. So mm. Saliba hasn't really had that yet. He hasn't really had that aerial duel against a big kind of target man. So that would mm. be a, a big test for him and something he's not had yet. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I think so as well. I think, you know, Saliba and from, you know, from some of the reports you hear here back, one of his weaker points, funnily enough, for a man his size is, you know, he's not as challenged as much or he hasn't been as challenged as you might think when it comes to those aerial draws. So I think you're absolutely spot on. It will be a really good test for him. But, you know, if I, if I didn't know that, when you look at Saliba, he just strikes me the sort of lad that would relish that that sort of challenge in, in, a, in a football match. And look, I think he's had a great start to this season. I think, you know, his Arsenal career is, is only on, on one trajectory and that's just up. But even when you look at the the own goal from the weekend, I'm not even slightly concerned about it because the reaction said it all from everybody involved. Um, so, yeah, I think it'd be great to see how he gets on um, in, in that particular regard against a, an old school, you know, English, British, you know, centre forward um, who's going to, you know, also relish that physical challenge. But also... I, you know, seeing that Fabio Vieira got some minutes, I think we're all uh, pretty keen to see what this lad's about. You know, he's relatively unknown to most of us because uh, I don't think many of us would sit down and watch the Portuguese league on a regular basis, if ever. I, I hold my hands up and say, I certainly don't. Uh, I don't know about you guys. So, you know, it'd be good to see what he's like um, and bed him into that side. But just going back to kind of what I said at the start and why I think there's a little bit more conversation around it. And it's, I think we had a really small squad like last year. Um but there was potential probably earlier on in the season to, when you're in form, introduce other players a little bit more than what, what Arteta has historically done so far, because it's been very rigid, I think, from his approach. And now look, we know his hand was forced, you know, towards the end of last season with injuries, small squad, et cetera, et cetera. So one of the things I'm really keen to see, uh, see what Arteta can do this year is, you know, obviously I'm all about building momentum and obviously you don't, you know, go back to what Steve and yourself said, James, about, you know, you don't fix something that isn't broken, right? And, you know, you, what's, if you don't change a winning side. But one of the things I'm really keen to see is can he introduce, you know, those, you know, I'm talking like fringe, fringe players, like bring in Tommy Arce, right? And I'm not saying necessarily do it this weekend because I get doing it in a way fixtures tougher. I think, you know, you might look towards the next home game to potentially do this because I think, Keeping everybody not only fresh, but you know, up, up to match speed, I guess is what I'm trying to think here. But do you guys kind of have any any thoughts on that, Steve? I'll throw it over to you first, of course. But is that something that you're kind of keen to see that Arteta can manage that a little bit better, especially as we've got a bit of a bigger squad uh, this year? Um, I mean, yes and no. I think. Are you talking like long term or short term? Yeah, both. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's something that you definitely need to, you know, do continuously um, and that's keep players involved um, as much as you possibly can. It's difficult. Um, mm. And I, I was like watching the, the final episodes of the, the Arsenal All or Nothing documentary um, mm. earlier on. And you know, there, was a, there was a scene where one of saying about like playing time. I think it was Al Nenny and I think there was Samuel Conga, a few of them anyway. And mm. it, it does play a big part in, you do, you, you almost forget, don't you, that these players, you know, are regularly sat on the sidelines and it must become mm. incredibly frustrating. But then it's, it's so difficult when you've got a winning team 
And obviously you're gonna you can have injuries and suspensions, but mm. it's like you're always gonna have it's always gonna be his favourites, right? Of course. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I'm not a manager. I don't, I don't really know how you how do you motivate a bunch of players when only maybe a third of the team are playing regularly? Yeah, yeah. I think that's the point, though, isn't it? It's like it's not that I want people to be dropped, but it's if you do have injuries, because I think again that's something that happened towards the end of last year. Could we have could we have played El Nenny in a couple of games um, and rested party, and then when El Nenny did need to step up to the plate or whoever you know whatever positions we're looking at, Cedric, you know, you know we could go into that in a bit yeah. more detail. But it's making sure that they're. You know, they're not just being dropped in at the deep end. Sure. No, no, do, I absolutely you know I mean? get it. I get it. And it's, yeah, I, the thing is, like, if you asked anyone, like, let's, let's say, for example, hypothetically this weekend, you got Chelsea, right? Mm. You know, or Man United or Liverpool. Mm. You know, you're going to, you know, nine, nine times out of 100, you're going to pick your strongest 11, right? For this 100%. Yeah, and 100%. Every, but at the same time, every game in the Premier League, you've got a treat like that because it is mm. the top level. You can't take anything for granted in the Premier League. So, I think you've always sort of got to go with the strongest 11. I get what you're saying. And I think it's a really valid point. Um, it's just very tricky to manage because you've got a lot of, you know, you've got a lot of personalities, a lot of egos in there. We've got a lot mm. of quality, but then, you know, I guess we don't see what goes on behind do- closed doors. I, I, I assume that, you know, Arteta says to these players and makes it quite clear, listen, this is, this is your job this season. You're this is your be, role. Yeah. This is going to be your role. You know, and and you know they go from there, and it, it must play a big part in terms of like contract extensions and mm. when they map out the future. So I, I think for most of them, and they probably already have a pretty good idea of what their season is going to look like. And bear in mm. mind as well, we've got League Cup and Europa League, and I've talked for a while now. So let's pass it over to James. Yeah, let's pass it <laughs> over to James before we run out of the. You know, James will be like, yeah, yeah, I think you guys covered it well enough. We'll move on there. But no, James, have you got anything, if anything, to to add to that at all? Yeah, it was just going to be kind of what Steve started saying there. I think we'll see the same team for the first few weeks of the season, but then what's Mm. going to be key is when League Cup and Europa League kick in. And that's when I think you're going to see a lot more rotation. You know, at the moment, they're only Mm. playing one game a week. Once you're getting on to the two game a week part of the season, I think that's when you're going to see your rotation. I think that's when you're going to see your Smith Rowe. I think that's when you're going to see your Fabio Vieira. I think that's when you're going to see your Tierney and your Zinchenko potentially play in one game each. And so I think at the moment, obviously, we all know this is going to be an incredibly strange season with the idea that the World Cup's going to stop everything halfway through. And yeah. I think getting points on the board early doors is going to be so important. So I think Arteta will want to play his strongest team as much as what he can. But I think mm-hmm. there is going to be a time where fitness comes into play and he is going to have to change things about a little bit. But I think what's going to be the massive advantage to us this year is that those players who weren't getting the game time and were being called upon without having played any games, they're Mm. going to have these League Cup games. They're going to have these Europa League games under their belt. And Mm. from there, we know that they're going to come in and they're going to be a lot more match sharp. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me this weekend if it stays the same. But like I say, I think there'll be some changes in the weeks leading ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, you, you both make the, you know, spot on points about, you know, all the extra games are going to have Europa League. And once we, you know, if we can stay in the uh, cup competitions a little bit longer this year, um, not particularly actually League Cup, we did all right, but the FA Cup didn't really help us in that regard last year, did it, to be fair. But um, yeah, I think you're right. We'll, we'll see a lot of those fringe players given opportunities um, to stay fresh. And maybe it's not even opportunities, but it's just a case of keeping the squad 
um you know is up to match speed as we possibly can or you know just match fit i guess that's the the difference so look with that i mean less either of you have got anything else you'd like to bring up um for this upcoming fixture against bournemouth i guess we could probably move it on is there anything else either you want to add there no i think no, i no. guess well maybe the only one slightly interesting thing that i looked at was that I know you guys were talking about the first team that Arteta put out in his first game mm. that was against Bournemouth. It was interesting to see who was in goal for Bournemouth that day. Mm. Who was Mr. that? Mr. Aaron Ramsdale. And I wonder whether, you know, how long has this interest stemmed from? I wonder whether he saw something way back when, what he saw something about his character then. He does talk about the fact that Ramsdale, you know, he was so impressed by his character and the way he was able to respond to adversity. And, you know, it's mm. rather unusual. That was his first game in charge and he was the goalkeeper in the other net. So probably nothing, yeah. but just an interesting Sick. little insight. Great content yeah. that is, mate. This is this is why this is why you're here. This is why you're here. Yeah. Bring you, bringing you straight facts. He's got the notepad outlook. Um, he knows exactly what's going on. Just just real quickly, I'm not going to do any spoilers, but obviously I'm sure. James, you might not have, because I know you were working throughout the day. Um, but myself and Steve have probably binged all of the remaining episodes of the documentary. Steve, did you? Yes. Or well, no? I was going to, I was hoping to come up. I got to the scene before the Tottenham game and then I turned it off. Mm. <laughs> it yeah. was just like, not, not a chance. Like it was the way they set up. It was like, you know, if Arsenal uh, win at White Lane, you know, mm. uh, secure top four. And all the fans were like, yeah, today's going to go down history. And I was like, no, no. It didn't. We know it didn't. Stop it. Stop this it. Stop terrible. doing this. I did, yeah, it wasn't myself. Nice. I did get to the game, actually, because I wanted to see if I spotted myself in the crowd. And I did, I, you, do you see my, my gormless face? Um, do we? Are you on that goal. one as well? Yeah, I know my face from the corner. Um, oh, we need to see, send it on. You, usually, if it's a good one, you'll send it on. I know. No, I, did good, I did see a good gonna... one of James. Um, of a James. Who uh, against Man United against Man United at Emirates is a really mm. great cut scene of him going absolutely bananas. So yeah, that's quite funny. Did. Yeah, that's a good one. But just on the obviously you would have seen this bit, and and again apologies if you haven't watched this yet, but I'm not going to give away too much. But there's just one scene after Chelsea, and I love all the you know the halftime and after full time um, changing room scenes. I think they're brilliant. That's like a really good insight. Um, the training ground stuff, do you know what? We, we kind of get that on social media pretty much every every day uh, at this stage. But the you know the behind the scenes in the change room, brilliant. But there's one one little bit, and obviously everyone's pumped after being Chelsea away, and just Nicolas Pepe, he just looks so miserable. And I just there was just a little bit of me, I just felt sorry for him to be honest with you. And obviously we know he didn't play that much last season. And look, he's someone who's heavily linked with the exit door this week, isn't he? But did you see that, Steve? Did you pick up on that? I just looked at him and I was just like, oh, you poor bastard. I know you paid a lot of money to 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 sit on the bench and still play professional football, but... I mean... You don't give a shit, What is there left to say about Nicolas Pepe? Like, I think one of our early podcasts was like called yeah. like Nicolas Pepe's Frosties. It was like, I can't really yeah. remember the context of it, but... It was like, you know, we had the conversation around, is this guy, you know, really a professional footballer? Let's be honest, the guy has been fucking abysmal since he joined the club. Yeah, like, I agree. And as much as like, okay, you know, on a human level, oh, look at him. Hey, you look sad. Well, you've been shit, mate. So yeah. imagine how we all feel. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I know I get where you're coming from. Maybe I'm just in it again, soft in my old age. Who knows? But um, it did, I just saw it. And it just there's a blue pill for that, mate. Whoa, bit of blue. There he goes. Look, he's back. There's the that's the Steve we're looking for. He's he's, he's blue, Alan. There we go. He's blue. It's, it's taken us a while to get down that route today. Um, usually it doesn't take long at all. Because so. James is here, we've got a bit of class about us today. Yeah, he does bring the class and the traditions, doesn't he? He, he's, he bleeds Arsenal, that lad, you can tell. You can he really does. tell. He does. Right, moving on. Um, aside from actually one last note on uh, the All or Nothing documentary, pre-match these days, I'm not wondering what the team is. I'm generally wondering what is Mikel Arteta going to draw on the whiteboard for the players today? That is a thought that I'm having before every game so far. Anyway, moving on to this week's player profile. Obviously, James being the guest, we gave him full rights to select the player. He threw a couple at us, um, and I, I went for one in particular because he was my absolute hero growing up. I have to say this. Uh, so this week's player profile is the legendary safe hands, David Seaman, who signed for us all the way back in 1991 uh, for 1.8 million from QPR. Um, he made 564 appearances for Arsenal, keeping 138 clean sheets, 77 England caps. He won the he won the championship with this. Obviously, that would have been what was now the Premier League back in 1991. Two Premier Leagues, 98, 2002, four FA Cups, one League Cup, one Cup Winners Cup, and three Community Shield stroke Charity Shields. I still like to call it Charity Shield, lads. Can't deny it. So with that, lads, I'm going to throw it to, to Steve first. But for me... Yeah, just a massive Arsenal legend. As I said, my biggest idol growing up, probably alongside Ian Wright, but David Seaman as a budding keeper growing up was just the pinnacle for me. Um, but Steve, what's your memories of David Seaman? Um, I think I think I'll throw it over to James because I'm conscious oh. that I've been speaking for a while. <laughs> and then I'll come back to me. We'll mix it up. Is that you trying to buy time there, mate? Absolutely. <laughs> He's just Googling shit. What the hell? Who's David, David C- Who's David C- <laughs> Steph? Steph? <laughs> All right, then, boys. I'll throw my hat in the ring then for this Go on him. So, yeah, David Seaman, what a player. And like you say, true Arsenal legends. Mm. Um, obviously, I can't remember the early part of his career. I'm, I'm going from kind of what I've seen and heard in interviews and bits and pieces over the years. But... I think one of the most interesting things about his career is that when he first signed for Arsenal, it really didn't go down very well with the fans. No. So John Lukic was in goal at the time, real fans favourite, obviously the keeper for the Anfield 89. And um, obviously when we brought in David Seaman, the fans didn't didn't want him. They wanted to keep John Lukic. And mm. when Seaman went in, then John Lukic went out to, to Leeds. But in that first season, conceding only 18 goals and we win the league, I think, you know, he... Won defeat as well. Yeah, he very quickly became very popular with the fans. So, yeah, mm. ever since then, he was just an absolute first name on the team sheet kind of player. And um, I guess in terms of memories, I think oh, probably the one that comes into my mind most is... Um, right at the end of his career. So, you know, he was getting mm-hmm. on a little bit, 2003. You guys know what I'm going to talk about here. Absolutely. That save against Sheffield United, you know, Paul Pescasolido, how David Seaman managed to claw his hand around and push that out, I will still have no idea. But what a no. save that was. And, you know, he was getting into his late 30s at that point. So to show that athleticism and being able to do that, it just 
couldn't believe it's it at the time. Just yeah. absolutely baffling, like you say. And it was really nice for him that, you know, it came to the end of that season and Vieira, our captain at the time, he was injured. So David Seaman was captain for the day when we beat Southampton in the FA Cup final. And mm-hmm. it was big Dave Seaman and Vieira who lifted the trophy together. And I thought that was a, a really nice way to, you know, cap off his Arsenal career. You know, it wasn't all good. You know, there was, you know, a, a few famous howlers along the way, which I'll, I'll let you guys talk about. But, you know, in general, what a player. And he was really was Mr. Reliable over the years. And I don't know many people that can pull off a ponytail and a tash. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's quite the look, wasn't it? It was quite the look. Um, there'll be no mention of howlers here, though, just about this this chap. I won't have it unless Steve really wants to do it. Because, you know, Steve likes to bend the rules every now and again, as we know. But Steve, have you, have you managed to finish Googling David Seaman there? Have you got you got some stuff to well, bring in there? I shouted down to Steph to yeah. um, Google it for me because <clears> I can't multitask. What's Apparently, he played for Arsenal for the, throughout the 90s. I'm one play for QPR. Yeah. He's also a big Leeds United fan. So I'm yes. Um, mm. But no, um, I guess for me, I always associate players with shirts. Yeah, that's sort of how I look at things. Um, yeah, that's good. Love way. the early goalkeeper shirts used to wear the, the Dramberg, oh. those 94 shirts, which is which is the mm. show I wore last game of the season last year. Mm-hmm. If you remember, beautiful piece. Um, I think, I think you know, apart from like you know, hairstyles aside, <laughs> it's it's always going to be that save against Sheffield United, mm. isn't it? At Old Trafford in the FA Cup, that's always the one from mm-hmm. Paul Pesky Solido's header. Um, a season in which you know, it was a really important game for us, obviously. I can't remember the timeline, but if it was before or after, but obviously Man United went on to sort of pip us to the title. So mm. it was pivotal that we didn't end up trophyless that season. If you remember, we spent a good, what, four or five months at the top of the league. Yeah. Um, and it was a weird season because I think Rami Shabam played a lot that season as well. He did, yeah. It was a did. lot of rotation. And the season before that, and the double season, Richard Wright sort of came in as well. Um, mm-hmm. But no, he was a great keeper. And then obviously went on to play for City afterwards. Um, yeah. Not for too long, though, thankfully. No, not for too long. But I, I mean, my earliest memories, I'd say, like, as a, as a kid, like, there was always that, like, oh, David Seaman, he's, he's got, he's a bit flappy. <laughs> there was yeah. always that element of uncertainty with him. But mm. yeah, as an Arsenal fan, I guess you can't ever love him, right? He's just a yeah. proper Arsenal man. And um, yeah, he, he, he also does a podcast as well. He does. Yeah, so he go. does, yeah. Spitting facts See, Seaman today. says. Seaman says. Apparently, yeah. that's what it's called. Maybe we should get him on. We should, yeah. Steve, come on. You're you're the celebrity of the group now. Um, you know, I, I would expect you to be drafting in some serious A-listers uh, to the podcast oh. at this stage. James, that's nothing against you. To us, you're an A-lister, but Steve's, you know, he's at that next level now, isn't he? How am I? I okay. <laughs> just to provide any context, just because... We don't need context here. Just because I got oh listen, I got I got a little post in Arsenal. Doesn't make me um I don't know, tear on read, does it? Not just not Chill just Arsenal. Out, few players, you know, you know, you're rubbing shoulders with the with the stars. Anyway, we're only maybe we're only they could pay it. me for it, and that would be nice. They should. I, I agree with you. So if anyone does listen to this from Arsenal, which is highly unlikely, uh, lads, yeah, give Steve some money. Um I think so he I buy, it. I, and to be fair, I'll probably invest it back into the club anyway. <laughs> Absolutely, on merch or Just tickets. Or... merch. We went yeah. to the range earlier and, and Steph was looking at like bloody pumpkins and stuff. She's like, oh, if it was Arsenal, you'd be interested. I was like, yes, because Arsenal's far more interesting than all Tom Nobly decorations. I was like, there are no social media groups and massive fan clubs 
of autumn wear. Because your is your missus speaking of autumnal decorations. This is taking a bit of a turn, hasn't it? But autumnal decorations. Yeah. Does your missus love these autumnal? Uh, oh, sorry, seasonal door decorations. Now, I only you know wreaths. I only appreciate yeah. them at Christmas time. But now it's become a thing where fucking every house, every part of the year, has got a wreath on their door. Literally. What's that about? They need it. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, I, that's I agree. that's that's all we need to say on that. But no, David, yeah. David Seaman. Um, I I think it's a strange for me because obviously getting into football, you know, you guys have been a bit older than me. He was sort of coming towards the end of his career when <laughs> I sort of watched it a little lot of football. Um, obviously you, know, you, had, you had Alex Manninger in the in the late nineties as well. So yeah, what a deputy he was. Pieces, there was a few different people between the sticks during that period. Mm. No, I mean, you, you're right. You know, you even alluded to earlier, you know, you are a little bit younger than us, unfortunately. And um, yeah, I mean, towards his, the end of his career, wasn't as solid, um, which is a shame because I thought that tarnished his reputation a small bit because he was so dependable. Um, so, you know, the, the the argument always was in the playground growing up or even when you got a little bit, it was better, Schmeichel or Seaman. That was it. That was the only debate you ever had about goalkeeper um, in the league or even in the world. There was a few others, obviously, but... You know, those two were just elite. Uh, and David Seaman, for me, was just absolutely phenomenal. It's funny you mentioned the the Dramberg kit, though. Well, And the, the one we're thinking of here, guys, is, is if you remember it recently got... Who who did a redesign of this last year, Steve? You'll know. What company did a, a release of a shirt based on that kit last year? Oh, is shit. Is it Machino, Machino or someone like that? Yeah, it might have been. Hold that for... Let, let me have a Google. Yeah, you Google that. So I'll start waffle on then. So... The reason why I like that you brought that shirt up because one of my and I think a lot of us from you know from my era or my age and above, well, you can't help but look back to a cut winners cut run and it wasn't the season. Unfortunately, we we won it and unfortunately it did have a terrible ending for David Seaman. We won't mention anything further. We know where that went, but it was the the Sampdoria away game uh, that went to penalties. David Seaman saved three three penalties that day. One of them in particular was just astonishing it was such a great save strong wrist down to his left uh arm fully stretched up right and it was just phenomenal and it's one of my favorite photos from from arsenal over the years uh gone by and it's seaman on someone i think there's two lads holding him up and he's just got the you know the great british flag um behind him as he's yeah he looks happy as a pig and shit and why wouldn't you i guess when you've just helped your team win a penalty shootout steve how'd you googling going yes you were correct with machino it was Machino culture stars poplin shirt. That's what it was called. It, yeah, I mean, fair play. I and mean, there, was trou- is- there was trousers as well to go with it. You could get a full combo. Brilliant. Yeah, I'd love to know how much they charge for that. It's not very nice. Stupid. Much nicer yeah. in the shirt. Yeah, you rock that wonderfully on the last day of the season. If even if I thought it was a bit warm to be wearing it one was- of those brambos. <laughs> You know, there was someone who spoke to me and I didn't, I didn't know at the time. They were like, was that you in that? Answer? They were like, she was like, oh, we were talking about you at the pub. She was like, that guy must be so warm. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was moist. <laughs> yeah, it was moist. And then also you mentioned City. Um, yeah, I think he didn't even play the full season um, before he retired at City because I think he got injured and then just decided to call it a day. Because I do remember him. I think it was the... The home game that season, he got a guard of honour from Arsenal. I also remember another former gunner getting sent off that day, uh, Nicholas and Nelka, funnily enough, the journeyman. But um, it was the game earlier that season in the Invincible run. Um, early, it was an early enough away victory. I think it was actually the first 
the first season they were in the what is now called the Etihad. Um, yeah, it would have been crikey. That's going back a few years. But I remember being in the way in that day, and obviously big Dave Siemens in Gulf of City getting stick from the Arsenal fans throughout. Um, and I just always remember just it's just literally having banter with us the whole way through, giving us the V's, uh, you know. Siemens Aguna. Um and I I don't think he felt right playing somewhere else, to be honest with you, after his career at Arsenal. Um and it didn't last long. But before we move on, I just wanted to ask you, James, is there any anything else that you wanted to add on on Say fans himself? Um, I guess just the only thing would be I was on the conversation quite weirdly enough at the weekend actually about Dave Seaman, thinking about, you know, solid, dependable keeper in his day, mm-hmm. but Imagine if he was a keeper nowadays. I wonder how he would get on. You know, goalkeeping has changed so yeah, has. much. And I can't remember him being fantastic with his feet, let's just say. So um, I think he definitely played in the right era. You know, he had big lads. And mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. really get these big lads in goal as what you would have had, you know, back in the 90s. With, you know, you say Peter Schmeichel, David Seaman. But no, mm-hmm. on his day, in his day, absolutely fantastic player. And yeah, will always be an Arsenal legend. And to be fair, his podcast is pretty good, actually. He quite often gets a few Arsenal legends on there. And, you know, it's meant That'd to be, be general. Well, it's meant to be general football chat, but it's just all Arsenal, which is uh, lovely Brilliant. stuff. Yeah, the more Arsenal, the better, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, fair play to him for just keeping it that way. Uh, it's brilliant. Right. That's David Seaman. What a legend um, for the Arsenal. So let's move on then. Um, it's that time where we move on to the shirt of the week. And obviously, as I said earlier, we gave basically full rights for, for James to organise the podcast this evening. Uh, and we also asked him, what, what shirt would you like to discuss? And it's funny you chose a shirt, James. And obviously, the, the first time I ever met you, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, was it Brentford at home? Was that the first time I met you? A rainy day at the Emirates, Brentford at home. It was indeed. Such polar opposites and we've seen each other. That's great. But on that day, you were wearing this magical shirt and it was the mintest version of that shirt, um, which I was incredibly jealous about, to be honest. I remember it vividly. I have to so say this week's shirt, DHK are really up in their game. Aren't here he is. Here he is. Oh, here, he is. here he is. Here he is. Crikey. DHK wish. I'm starting to wonder, Steve, do you work there? You, you sponsored Ali- by them Ali now Express. or what? AliExpress. AliExpress. Amazon. AliExpress. Amazon. Hang on, is there not another one of these like Fr- Frugo or something? Is that not something so similar? Like I don't know. Ask James. He gets all his shirts from there. Oh, oh no, boys, I wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, terrible banner, Steve. Come on, oh, sorry. Leave, leave the chap alone. But look, we're talking about this week the '96, '98 Nike Arsenal home shirt. So much to get involved in with this particular shirt. It's a great choice, James. So fair play for those who aren't too familiar with that era. This was the double winning shirt. Um, this would have been Arsene Wenger taking over the Arsenal in his first season and then going on to win the double in his first full season. Um, James, what's your memories of the 98, uh, 96-98 home shirt? What a shirt. And just so many good memories in this mm. shirt. I think it's really special for me because it was the first season that I remember vividly. Because, you know, Steve always talks about me and you being older than him but I think you're actually a little bit older than me as well Kelvin so uh, okay, no, lads, yeah. uh, sorry That's so right. this is the first kind of full season I properly remember and um a few kind of standout moments I won't take them all I won't do your guys whole let's give two or three goods and four or five bads you know I mean, Ooh, you can see I'm a oh, uh, it's, back. it's back you can it's back. throw it you can throw, throw it, it back I'm so, saying uh, you I'll, that is Calvin 
after last week's, I think it's a bit of column A, a bit of column B, to be honest. <laughs> well, here, look. So I guess if I had to pick one absolute favourite moment, it would be Tony Adams against Everton. So yeah. at this point, we've wrapped up the league. It was a lovely sunny day at Highbury. And uh, we were already leading the game, I think 3-0 at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just a really poetic bit of commentary. I think it was um, Martin Tyler. So just yeah. Tony Adams played through by Steve Bowles. Would you believe it? That sums it all up. And just seeing Tony hit the most outrageous shot into the bottom corner, having been put with his weaker by foot his old, as well. with his weaker foot, put through yeah. by his old mate, Steve Bowles. And just you just see him celebrate. He sticks his arms out wide. He looks to the heavens. You know, by this point, he's kind of got to the other side of his quite well-documented alcohol problems. And mm. it just really seemed like he had come full circle at that point. And just, I remember just going absolutely wild. And, mm. you know, there's so many people now will have that picture in their homes or have that picture as a screensaver. Or it's just it just really was quite a special moment and um, probably something that I'll never forget. And, you know, I think... It's... You never will. As long as you go to the Emirates, James, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe the Tony Adams statue is of that exact celebration, arms in the you air. You are right. You are, you are correct. You are correct. So, yeah, it's been immortalised forever and mm. at the Emirates Stadium. So, yeah, what a moment. And so that's particularly why that, that shirt is special for me, but um, it's just a beautiful shirt in general as well. I was having mm-hmm. a chat with someone the other day about how I loved how at that period of time you had like gunners written on the back of it as well. And yes. like, I wonder whether we'll see something like that moving forward because that really was kind of special. I mean, the vast majority of players at that time were tucking their shirts in. So, you know, it was mm-hmm. only kind of righty and people like that. And Patrick, where the, you actually the rebels. Yeah. The rebels. But um no, really, really good looking shirt that as well. So, um, yeah, good memories. Yeah, it was a shirt for the fans, wasn't it? When you think of the Arsenal and then the Gunners that were put at the bottom of those shirts, obviously, you know, we didn't wear them tucked into jeans, not everybody. You just have them out and about. So, yeah. But, Steve, over to you. What's your your memories of that magical kit? You know, obviously, righty, you know, breaking Cliff Basson's record. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got that FA Cup final against Newcastle. You know, there were, yeah. and then you've got a wealth of sort of you know absolute screamers from Dennis Burkham. So mm. there's, there's a lot to go off to be honest. Also, it was also sort of Wenger's kind of first seasons at the club in that shirt. Um, but yeah, all around one of my favourite shirts. It's just, it's a strange shirt because as much as it's like one of my favourites, I don't particularly like to wear it. It's not very comfy. It's a bit itchy. It's it's itchy material. It? It's not the nicest. I don't think. Sensitive in you, very sensitive. Yeah, you know, I, prefer, I actually really like the away shirts from those two seasons. But is that comfortable to wear the yellow one? I was going to say because it is the exact same. It's the exact same. The, <laughs> and you've got the JVC one for, yeah. with the stripe. But yeah. uh, no, it's no. It's, the, it's the chunky collar. I think. You, here's another thing, actually, just on this shirt. I, I still love a collar, by the way. I know you don't. Um, so that that's where we you know we differ when it comes to shirts. But do you think because those first couple of you know Nike shirts that we had around that time, it was just literally home shirt, away shirt, exact same design, just different colours. Do you think we'll ever see that again, or has it just got to this stage where it just needs to be too mental and they need to go too out there to allow something like that to happen again? I don't think you'll see it back. I think there's too much money in kits and fashion and. 
I think they probably wouldn't sell as many if they were um, too similar. So it's mm. unfortunate though, because yeah, I know the kit you mean that yellow and blue. I think Charm wears mm. it quite a lot actually, and it is a really smart shirt. Um, mm. So no, it's a shame really. It, it it there was something quite classy, quite traditional about that. It kind of harks back to an age where you know when you see the pictures of the Arsenal teams of the nineteen seventies, just the the real classic white and red and yellow and blue, you know, just mm. the round collar and, you know, mm. the cannon. And, but no, I think, unfortunately, those days are long gone. I, I yeah. would disagree, to be fair. I think everything comes back round. Mm. You know, it, you can take Arsenal, for example, in terms of like, um, going back to like using the old crest a lot, you see it on flags around the ground. There was, um, uh, you know, when they were doing the stuff to do with like the stadium, um, uh, you know they're 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 changing all the what's the word for them like the the big the big I mean, pictures yeah <laughs> what, what's the, what's the actual term for that what, what are they actually called banners those I guess people, well, yeah, anyway they they had this like thing of red action and they had like they were talking, they were they were discussing like all the new crests and old crests and mm. getting a kind of getting a feeling that you know the fans much prefer the old crests and I think you've seen that in the sense with like our, our second shirts we've mm-hmm. just got the cannon back on them so. I do think there's there's always going to be opportunities there. And I think, you know, when you work with brands like Adidas, who he's got these brands not stupid, you know, and they know that this uh, there's a lot of nostalgia sales, right? And I think there's always mm-hmm. going to be a time where it might sort of, you know, less is more and it, it does revert back to kind of a classic uh, classic kit. But then it could go the other way and they might end up looking like Formula One shit, uh, Formula One cars where, it, you know, we've got... Um, Sponsorships all over it. Just literally, yeah. yeah, sponsors everywhere, you know. And like the South American kits, isn't it? They're they're always plastered in sponsors yeah. in every possible way. But even when you look back, Steve, to those early Dramberg, you know, even the Dramberg shirt there that we all love, right? The first night kit we ever had. All three of those shirts, home away and third, was the exact same template, just different colours. And we all, I mean, look, the shirt buffs in us, and that's us. Obviously, that's how we all got talking here, but. We all love those kits. Yeah, I know they're beautiful, aren't they? And yeah, mm. and you're right. Exactly the same. Just it's crazy. It's crazy, really, when you think about when you think about that. Just you know, you change a few colours and a few minor details, and uh, yeah, yeah. Another thing, though, harking back to this, and uh, James, this definitely springs to mind. Obviously, when when I met you at Brentford before that game, um, and obviously you got it fully printed up, and that was one of the things that blew my mind the most was just how pristine it was. But we heard, there was a bit of conversation going around. Um, Pre pre Leicester, and it was, you know, we're talking about the quality of prints um, on on modern day kits, and it's just nothing compared to what it was. And the old felt print that you used to be able to get on these shirts back then, I don't know, it just felt different. No pun intended there. Um, but it's a case of, I will never see that again, unfortunately, I don't think, because it's just, even though this sounds ridiculous, it's too heavy for the modern day shirt and player. That's a lot of weight to be carrying around. But yeah, I mean, crikey. <laughs> It was just phenomenal, wasn't it, James? Like, I think that was one of the things that you really, really liked about that kit, wasn't it? And that's one of the reasons why you probably went and bought it even more so. Yeah, just that kind of felt numbering. It takes you back to, you know, when we were growing up. And mm. I think it's just probably cost, unfortunately. I think that'd probably be another reason why. I think these kind of weird plastic name sets they put on nowadays, they probably cost pennies and, you know, they charge us 15, 20 quid a pop to put them on the back of the shirts. But we all do it because we love the club. But um, yeah, no, fantastic shirt, fantastic memories, and um, great choice. I can't, I don't know, you, Steve. I don't know. That's a, it's a great shirt, um, and I think it was one of the kits 
where it was the you know we were they had really short shorts. Was that just me? Were they not really short shorts? They were short. They were all. It felt like most of the nineties. Um, it was always very small. You know, they were packing them. They were packing everything in there. <laughs> there he goes. Tight. He's off again. Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> yeah, but no, they were. They were really small. Um, I remember like even having like, I mean, they were in our shop, but like the early uh, Dreamcast uh, two thousand and one mm. shorts, and mm. they were just like, yeah, very, very giving. Left little to the imagination. Yeah, not very yeah, giving, I should sp- say. Yeah, not a lot, not a left, not a lot left for the imagination. Um, and maybe look, that's just the way it had to be. But there we go. I think James, fantastic shout. Not only on player of the week, but shirt of the week. Uh, we'll have you back, that's for sure. Um, to come and do it again all next week. We can't pay because so. not yet, not yet. One day, Steve. You know, once you get Arsenal to start paying you some money, and then you can divvy Cal- it down. Calvin, <laughs> <laughs> Calvin doesn't even hold out on his bets. <laughs> To be Not fair, anymore. as Quizmaster, I should have bought you both a pint. So maybe I should have beers. To be fair, lads, I, I hold my hands up again. Sorry, James, I didn't get you a beer. I'll, I'll transfer you the, the seven or eight euro, wherever it costs in London for a pint these days, uh, and make sure you can have one uh, week's next home match. A week, yeah, a week's wage. Crikey. That's what it's like in the Emirates just to get oh, a hot dog and a beer, which I don't want to go into because the hot dogs are disgusting, to be honest with you. But look, that's a, that's a conversation for another time. But look, at this point, lads, I think it's best we probably wrap it up. Um, Steve, you can literally throw in whatever you want after that that particular comment because I know you're itching to say something um, at that point. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, no. I'm nothing? Not. No? Nothing no, no. came to mind there? No, you're sure? you sure? All good. <laughs> but look as always we just like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast and uh, we hope you enjoyed it if you enjoyed the show please do leave us a review on apple and spotify and if you see us on the socials please do like share you know get involved comment do whatever it is you want to do if you'd like to follow any of us on the social media platforms you can do so steve as you know, we know where he is, Mr. Celebrity himself. He can be found on Instagram and Twitter at In The Clock End. Myself, you'll find me on Twitter at underscore the arse underscore and Instagram at the Arsenal shirt. And James, he can be found on Twitter at James underscore Dower. But look, please keep an eye on the social media feeds for the next podcast. But until then, look after yourselves, look after each other. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye.